Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. So we turn to the reading of God's Word. We remain standing for those who are able as a way of honoring God's Word. Today our scripture is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. This text is just rich of so much goodness. I just pray that as it's read, you hear the Word of the Lord that He's speaking to you today. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ, according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith... If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we pray that your goodness, your love, your word, your truth would be upon us this day and in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When a man's an empty kettle, he should be on his metal, and yet I'm torn apart. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kinda human if I only had a heart. I'd be tender, I'd be gentle, and awful sentimental regarding love and art. And I'd be friends with the sparrows and the boy that shoots the arrows if I only had a heart. And picture me a balcony above a voice sings low. Wherever art thou, Romeo? I hear a beat. Just to register emotion, jealousy, devotion, and really feel the parts. 
I would stay young and chipper And I'd lock it with a zipper If I only had a heart Our tin man is cooler than your tin man. Uh, <laughs> I told Kendrell, I do expect uh, to see those pants make an appearance some other time uh, in the future as well. If I only had a heart. Uh, there's something the tin man is looking for, right? He's, he's looking for that. He presumes that to be human means that you have a heart. Just, just because I'm presuming that I could be a human if I only had a heart, that there's an essential part of this heart, this connection, this relationship that we have. Now, yesterday, uh, uh, my family and I, we were traveling back from Tulsa. We had celebrated some birthdays, and on our way back, we decided to play uh, a game. And the game was this, is that we were going to come up with a random word and then think about a song that we would associate with it. Now, uh, what, what may not surprise you if you've known me is that for some reason, all of my songs were 90s country songs. That when, that when you give me a random word, I come up with a random country song. And so it was this week as I was thinking about the Tin Man, I could not think of, I could not help but think of the 90s country song by Kenny Chesney, If I Were the Tin Man. And the lyrics go like this. It's times like this, I wish I were a tin man. You could hurt me all you wanted, and I never even know. I'd give anything just to be the tin man. And I wouldn't have a heart, and I wouldn't need a soul. Quite a different take on the Tin Man. And then as I was um, on YouTube listening to this song, reminiscing about the, the days of, of listening to this Kenny Chesney Greatest Hits CD, I won't be quoting other Kenny Chesney songs today, but uh, I was, it was recommended that there was this song by Miranda Lambert called Hey There, Mr. Tin Man. And this is the final words of her song. Hey there, Mr. Tin Man. I'm glad we talked this out. You can take mine if you want it. It's in pieces now. By the way there, Mr. Tin Man, if you don't mind the scars, you give me your armor. You can have my heart. Interesting, isn't it? The Tin Man, all he wants is a heart. That's what he desires. And other people are sad 90s country songs. They don't want the heart. They want the armor. They want the protection. And it's true, isn't it? That, that, that we sometimes find ourselves missing or needing one of these. We desire to be connected. We want to have a heart that we can embrace and we can, be, we can fully embrace other people. But also, we have been burned and we have been hurt and we have been bruised. Not just by maybe somebody, a spouse, but by relationships. I have a hard time doubting that there isn't somebody, that everybody in this room hasn't been hurt in a relationship. You know, sometimes it can even be hard on days like All Saints Day, where somebody who didn't do anything wrong except pass away from this life, but we still feel the hurt. And there are times in which we do not ever want to experience that loss and that pain, and we wish that we were the tin man. We wish that we didn't have to hurt this way. But to be human means that we have a heart. It means that we are in relationship. It means we are looking for people. And I believe that every single person that's in this room or that's watching this or that's walking around is looking to be seen, to be known, and to be valued. 
We want to be seen. We want that people see us and they notice us. We want to be known, our likes, our dislikes, who we are, what, what excites us. And then we want to be valued and treasured. And the good news is, for us as people of faith, this is what Jesus does. There's a, a great story about Jesus and Zacchaeus. Now, um, I think that 85% of what people know about Zacchaeus, they learned in a song when they were wee little humans, right? So you're like, I know Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. But there's so much goodness in this story about Zacchaeus, because if you, if you notice it, then this is what Jesus does to people who often feel overlooked, who don't feel seen. Is it says that Jesus looked up into the sycamore tree and he saw Zacchaeus. Of all the people, Jesus saw Zacchaeus, and this is who Jesus is, is that he sees us. He knew Zacchaeus. And he called him by name. He didn't say, hey, you weirdo up there. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. And then he valued him. He said, I'm coming to your house today. Now, I know what some of us would be thinking. Jesus, don't come over to my house today. I need to clean it up first. But Zacchaeus said, no, I'm here. I'm ready. And he hosted Jesus. And he found himself being a valuable member of the community Jesus sees you, he knows you, and he values you. And as people who follow Jesus, this is the way that we are supposed to walk, is in the way of Jesus, of seeing people, of knowing people, and of valuing people. We all need that in our lives. We need people. We need our people. There's this great joy that we can take whenever we are seen, known, and valued. Now, this week, we are, are talking about how grace grows here. And, and, and one of the things that what we have to ask ourselves is, how does grace grow best? How do I become the person that God wants us to be? As I think about grace, I'm not just thinking about forgiveness. To me, grace is any time God, God is at work in my life. It can be forgiveness, but it can be so many things. And so the question is, how does grace grow best? How do we experience God's grace so that we can become the people that God wants us to be? It makes me think of, an, of a proverb, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You may have heard this before, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This is so true, right? That we can help to mold and to shape and to form one another. Now, this is not your scripture memory verse for the month, by the way. You can, you can memorize it and Jesus would be happy with you, all right? But it won't do anything. But if you do want to know the scripture memory for the month, I forgot to say this earlier, so I'll get back to my sermon in a second. But some of you really loved your sticker last week that you got for memorizing our scripture for October. So let me tell you November's, all right? So November's scripture is Isaiah 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21, and it says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isaiah 30, 21, all right? This is the way, walk in it. All right, back to my sermon. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need people who will help to sharpen us, who will rub off some of those rough edges, and some of you all have a lot of rough edges, all right? I'm not naming names, but you can elbow them if they're sitting next to you. We need each other. 
I believe in what I've seen in my course of time of being a pastor, of, of seeing people, is that grace grows best in the environment of holy friendship. It's that whenever we experience relationships in which we're seen, known, and valued, that is whenever we experience the most growth. Because we need people who are willing to tell us the truth, yet do so with just enough grace. That they're willing to say, you are wrong here. You realize you've messed up here. You don't know the impact you're having and the negativity that it's causing. We need people who will form us in this way. And so because grace grows best in holy friendships, we have to ask ourselves, how do we as a church, how do we cultivate holy friendships? How do we create these environments and these places where grace can grow? And so I think our scripture gives us some indication and some clues of what we can do. Now, the first thing that it says is it says this, is that, that we are called to offer ourselves to one another. We live in a time in which, uh, and there's a greatness, a great gift of it, that, that we, we can become people who are separated by screens. It's been nice that whenever we haven't been able to connect, we can still connect on Zoom or on YouTube, but there's a gift here about being present with one another. And so our scripture says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Is that part of what we are called to do, if we want to create an environment of holy friendships, the first thing we have to do is just to show up. It's hard to do when we're not physically connected. Now, there are, are possibilities. I have a really good friend, and most of our relationship over the years have been through text messaging. But that is far more the exception than it is the rule. We need to offer ourselves to one another. We need to risk ourselves with one another. We need to put ourselves in a position in which we can be shaped and molded. And I say that this is a risk because, again, I look out and I know that you all have been hurt by other people. Maybe you've been hurt by the church or by church people. Maybe a friend has betrayed you. Maybe a family member wasn't trustworthy. There's all sorts of situations that make it hard for us to offer ourselves. But if we do not offer ourselves, we are like the ten man or the ten woman in which we have separated ourselves from each other. In which we're never fully able to be ourselves and there's this harshness that can come. And so it takes courage for us to offer ourselves in community. It takes courage to put ourselves out there again and again. We risk rejection. But if we want grace to grow here, we have to be people who offer ourselves to one another. Now the scripture goes on and it says these words, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so if we want to offer ourselves in, in holy friendship, the next thing is that we have to be transformed. Now it's interesting that it doesn't say transform yourselves, but it's actually we receive transformation. It's a passive verb. We don't just say, I am going to change this. No, we offer ourselves to God, we offer ourselves to other people, and in the process, we receive transformation. Be transformed. Now, it says, do not conform any longer to this world, or another translation says, to the patterns of this world. And, and I think it is really easy, and I think we all need to know that we are conforming to this world naturally, and we have to intentionally interact the, the way that we conform to this world. I had a, a, 
uh, listened to a preacher, I don't remember which preacher it was, and he said it better than I did, but he said, you don't drift into good behavior. You don't just end up doing the right things. It's intentionality that happens. It's just like if you were going to go to Bricktown, you would have to plan how you were going to get there. You don't just, oops, there we are. We made it. We made all the right turns. We know we put it in our GPS. We, we know where we're supposed to go, and we follow the directions to go there. If we want to go somewhere in life, we have to be intentional. And it's the same thing with our relationships and the way we live our lives. We will conform to this world, and, and we can think that we're not conforming to this world, but we are. And, and, and the world can sometimes look a whole lot like God. The world has a way of making things look like and sound like what they're supposed to, when really they have veered and drifted slowly off the path. And so it is a challenge to continually put ourselves in a position to be transformed. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. It says by the renewing of your mind. And so that means that we have to put ourselves in a position where we can hear God's word, where we can receive transformation, where we can stand and hear the voice of truth that comes from other people. Is that together, and I'm sure that we can probably all name people that we've been in a relationship with and what they said, the right thing at the right moment by the right person can change our life. And we can all probably point to that. If I ask you what was your favorite class in high school or your favorite class in college, you're probably not going to think about a particular class. You're probably going to think about a particular teacher or professor. It's people speaking the truth of God that helped to transform us and teach us. When we renew our minds, when we say, Lord, I want to be intentional, can you teach me today? And this happens, and, and this really takes place when we do what our next verse says, and it's really about embracing humility. Because in verse 3 it says, For the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. The primary problem with people is pride. As I've been doing this, I see it in the mirror, I see it out there, is that we assume we know what we're doing. You know uh, what, they, what Mark Twain used to say, when I was a kid, I thought my parents weren't that smart, and then when I um, got to become adult, I realized how much they learned over the years. There is no age group, no gender, no various entity that doesn't struggle with pride. I have a friend, his name's Chris, and, and Chris talks about the pride monster. We all do this. We think, well, I know better. Makes you think of another 90s country song, I'm old enough to know better, but still too young to care. <laughs> I know better than you. I'm smarter than you. I figured this out more than you. I have a greater expertise than you. And we, and we live this way, and we, we, we do not embrace humility. We don't embrace needing others. We don't always value the perspectives that people could come. We come and we say, I've got this figured out. And there are many times in our relationships we think, oh, you need me, when the truth is we need each other. And, and what Paul goes on to say in this text is that as for in one body we have many members, the members do not have the same function. We have different gifts. We have different perspectives. We have different offerings and we need each other. And so it's for us, when I come into relationships, I realize that I do not know it all. 
nor do I have all the gifts that are needed, but it's together in community that God provides what we all need. What we need is a church, what we need is a family, what we need is a small group, and so we have to embrace humility. and, And sometimes it can be really hard because there's somebody and we're like, Lord, I'm not sure what gift you gave that person. Maybe that's the person we need to learn from the most. Embrace humility. Lord, teach me. Show me. And we see this when we go and serve. I've heard it time and time again that when we go and serve, we receive more than often the people we are serving. And so when we go serve, we don't go serve to somebody, but we go serving with them, alongside them. We all have something to learn from one another. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. After talking about the different gifts that people have and the different needs we have for one another, Paul finishes by saying these words, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And most of all, what we are called to do in relationships is to love deeply. Let love be genuine. If love was easy, everybody would do it. But love is hard. And it's easy for us to miss the perspective. I was talking with a lady one time, and she was frustrated with some of her family members. Have you ever been there? Frustrated with some of your family members? Maybe it's just her. (laughs) But she was frustrated with some of her family members for the way that they were treating her son. You see, her, her son had some different views on some things and posted these things on Facebook. And they, they thought, you know, how could he think this way and say these things and other such stuff? It's easier for me just to not follow him. It just makes me mad. It's easier for me to just stay disconnected because it's hard to deal with. There are times in which we should disconnect from people. But she looked at me and she said, But those people were not in the hospital emergency room with my son when I wasn't sure if he was going to live or die. And when you've been by somebody's bedside of your son, whether or not he lives or dies, you could care less about what he posts on Facebook because you care most of all that he can still post on Facebook. Why do we let so many things get in the way of relationships? Love one another deeply. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. That doesn't mean we're going to agree about things. In fact, actually, that's part of what iron sharpening iron means, is that when I disagree with you, sometimes there's a way that we can find a better way forward. But here's what I know about relationships, is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the people that can speak into my lives are those people who love me unconditionally and I know that their love is genuine. And so if we want the privilege of speaking into somebody's life, if we want the privilege of being somebody who can speak the truth in love, who can say, you know what, you're kind of being a fool here online, that person has to know that they are loved and trusted no matter what. Relationships are hard work. Loving each other deeply is not natural. We need one another. 
And we have to renew our mind. We have to be reminded again and again that it's not about all the things that this world says it's about. And our world wants us to divide over so many things. You do one thing wrong and all this stuff happens. Yes, we need to hold people accountable. That matters. But to just abandon people. Uh, the quarterback for the Oakland, nope, Las Vegas Raiders. Carr is his last name. He's on my fantasy team. I hope he does well. You all don't care about my fantasy team. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there was a, a member of the, the Raiders who made a terrible life transforming mistake this past week. You may not follow ESPN as much as I do, so let me tell you about it. There was a receiver who um, they, well, one morning at like 2 o'clock in the morning was going 150 miles an hour. It seems that he had too much to drink, ran his vehicle into the back of another vehicle, and a young lady passed away. Lives are being changed all over the place. And it's easy for everybody to just move on. This guy made a mistake. It's over. He's going to have to rot. He's going to be held accountable for what he did. But the quarterback car stood up and at a press conference, he said he needs love now more than ever. And in a world in which we cancel people when is what they need more than ever is love. What they need more than ever is leaning in. What they need more than ever is moving towards instead of moving away. Instead of cutting ties, we draw closer. Again, there are times where we have to cut ties for our own safety and our own security. But most of the time, people need us to lean in and not walk away. It's harder, it's messier, it's tougher. But that is what the gospel demands of us, is to move towards. Jesus had no reason to move towards Zacchaeus, but he did this is what it means to follow Jesus. Jesus set. He did not choose the brightest people to be his disciples. He chose bums like you and I to do it. And they t walked with him. And he taught them. And he lived with them. He loved them deeply. And he sharpened them. And they sharpened each other. And so we want to be a place in which people get sharpened. In which love is spread deeply. And I want to tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy in this world. It's not easy in this church. And so as we think about the year of faithfulness, what is it that we're going to do? And how is it that we're going to move forward? We want everybody in our church to participate in some form of what we're going to call a growth group. In some form of, of growth group, an environment in which you can grow with other people. Now, one of the ways that we're going to do this and we want you to connect with is through a Sunday school class. Now, this is a traditional way and a classic way in which churches have had people to connect with one another. And it has been a great, great thing for our church. We have great Sunday school classes. We have great Sunday school teachers. Um, and it's been a place, I think, if, if you're a part of a Sunday school class, you would probably, if I said you could choose worship or you can choose your class, there's less of you here next week. Because you're going to choose your class that has walked with you and that has been with you. And so we, we want you to connect with the Sunday school class. And for some of you, that may be what you're doing. But here's the other thing I want to tell you about Sunday school classes. 
is that it's hard sometimes to connect to a Sunday school class. When I was in Tulsa, there was a lady by the name of Morgan, and her job was to help people connect to Sunday school classes. And just like our church, their church had long-established Sunday school classes that people were a part of. And this was the warning that she gave to people before they visited a Sunday school class. She said, you have to be aware that it's kind of like walking in on two people making out. You're happy they love each other, but it's a little awkward. And so for us, as, as, as we've had Sunday school classes that have been going for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it's hard for people to walk in and to see the way that you all love and care for each other and you are friendly to them. But that's not what people are looking for is friendliness. You know, I've been around churches for a long time. I have talked with various churches. And do you know what? Every one of them thinks they're the friendliest church in town. What makes you different? Oh, we're just friendlier. Every church thinks that. I've never been around somebody that said, well, we're pretty rude and stuck up. <laughs> no, they all think they're friendly. But here's the deal is that people are not looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends at church. They're not looking that somebody said, hi, and we're glad to see you here at the door. They're looking for somebody who knows you by name, who knows what you're interested in and who values. We are so thankful that you are here and that you make a difference. And I know you. They're looking for people who will text them on Tuesday for no reason or on Thursday when they heard the Tin Man on the radio and they text you and said, hey, don't you love that song too? I see you. I know you. I value. That's what people are looking for. And that's a hard task for our Sunday school classes because you all have been and walked this journey together. You've been friends for each other for so long, and that's a wonderful thing. I don't want to take that away. But it's hard for people to break into that. So we're going to keep having Sunday school. It's going to be the right thing for some people. We're also going to continue to have men's group and women's group because sometimes it's good to, to have this separation by gender so that we can speak and we can communicate in that way. We have different groups that if you're interested in participating in a United Methodist Men or United Methodist Women's Circle, we've got a variety of opportunities. We'd love to help you find a place. Some are during the week, some are at night. Again, just some different options for you. But we also want to try something new in 2022. What we're going to call belonging groups. And these belonging groups are a little different than, than Sunday school. They're more acting like small groups. And here's what a belonging group is. It's a group of about 6 to 12 people who are choosing to meet consistently and a priority. It may be every week. It may be every other week. It might be on Sunday morning. It might be on a Tuesday night. It might be on a Friday afternoon. Whatever works for these people. And they're committed to each other. And they're committed to being present with one another and being vulnerable with each other and with God. It's hopefully a place to be seen, known, and valued. Keeping the number small means if somebody's missing, you notice it and that we pay attention to it. And we wanted to make it as simple as possible because you don't have to be a Bible teacher. You don't have to be somebody who has memorized uh, the, the scripture of the month. You don't have to have it all figured out. You have to be committed to these people and to learning and renewing your mind. And so it's really set up in two ways. There's a scripture that we're going to uh, have for you to, to kind of talk about, read aloud and to share and just respond to it. What is the Lord saying to us? What does this tell us about God? What is this asking us to do? And then we're going to be having a time. So we have scripture and then we have a time of reflection. And each week we'll ask people to ask two questions. One is where have you seen God this past week? And the other is where do you need God in this upcoming week?
Where have you seen God? Where do you need God? And we're going to take this journey together. And so anybody can start one of these groups. You actually, I want you to think about right now, are there some people that you would love to be in a group with you? Are there people, um, and now if you're already part of like a Sunday school class and like three other groups, this may not be for you. You're already getting some of this connection. But if you're looking for this deeper connection, this friendship, we want to help you in this way. So who are the people that God is bringing to your heart and mind? Now we're going to help to collect some names. And so if you're interested in any of these groups, we invite you to go to our website, mustangumc.org backslash groups. If you like, hey, I want to connect or I want to lead I want, to, I want to make new friends who will help me become the kind of person God wants us to be. If that interests you, um, then I invite you to, to just, just fill out the quick little form and we will get back with you and maybe we can help collect some people and put them together. Now also on the back table in the foyer, um, I have just put together a quick little uh, belonging group uh, trial run that somebody can do for kind of four sessions between now and Christmas. It's really, really simple. You'll be able to hopefully follow along. Uh, and, and so just bring some people together. And it doesn't just have to be people in this church. You can bring people together who don't go to this church, and you can meet on a Tuesday night, and you can say, hey, let's, let's meet for an hour or an hour and a half, and let's take this journey together. Because I know that you're looking for a place to connect. You're looking for friends. You're looking for people that you can walk through this life with. You're looking to be seen, known, and valued. And so many people are. As I think about where our community is at and all these people who are moving into Mustang, you know, one thing I notice sometimes on on Facebook is that um, there'll be people who will just post, hey, I'm looking for friends. Is anybody else? And people will be responding to that. People are looking to be taken seriously and to be loved, to be met where they are, and to be sharpened through friendship. What if we became not the friendliest church in town, but what if we became known as a church where you could find the best friends who make the biggest difference? That's who we want to be. So if you're interested in these belonging groups or any of our groups, you're not connected, we want to help you connect. Again, these belonging, some uh, things are out there on that middle table in our foyer. And so I'm just going to have just a moment of, of prayer. Um, I'm going to invite you, if you want to Thank connect with us on our pastoral prayer UMC line, you can podcast. text us Once again, at this number, 405-367-3139. Every Sunday morning, and, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. Thank you for listening that is the Mustang 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 Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.